0: Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan.
2: Good morning, race fans. 11.03 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, as NASCAR hits its West Coast road trip starting this weekend in Las Vegas. The next three weekends are all out west, starting today at Vegas. Then they're off to Phoenix and then Fontana, California, the Auto Club Speedway for the next three weeks. Always an interesting stretch of the season as really now you start to get into the grind of things and we really start to see Uh, which teams are the top performers this year. You get Daytona out of the way. That's always kind of a wild card race. Atlanta was a a fun race last week, but a, a rough mile and a half track, so not really fitting in uh to, to to some of the other mile and a half tracks we see later in the season but this West Coast road trip really starts to shape the early uh regular season and maybe just a few of the drivers that are going to be playoff favorites here in the 2018 season that's what we have to look forward to today today's Pen, uh, Pennzoil 400 which you can hear live right here on WGR we're going to have live coverage courtesy of our friends at the Performance Racing Network pre-race coverage starts at 2:30 Doug Rice and company will have the call with Green Flag about 3.45 today. Uh, pre-race festivities about 3.30, so uh, be sure to be tuning in later today to catch all the flag-to-flag action of the Pennzoil 400. Coming up on today's edition of Fast Track, in about 10 minutes or so, we're going to talk to Nate Ryan from NBC Sports uh, one of the great folks that covers the covers NASCAR for the Peacock Network and uh, Nate is uh, one of our all-time favorites here on fast track we'll get his perspective on things here two races into the season coming up at the bottom of the hour it's kind of a tradition on the show but uh, coming out of speed weeks and early on the season we like to check in with Michael printup from Watkins Glen International get some uh, thoughts on the off-season there at the Glen as they uh, uh, they're waiting for the snow to melt too, and they want to they got They're set to open things up in about a month over there at the Glen. So we'll talk to Michael. They've had a lot of interesting news this offseason. New title sponsor for the Cup race, IndyCar not returning this year. And uh, they got a data announced a big event this week, too. So we'll talk to Michael Printup, uh, the West Seneca native at the bottom of the hour. But right now, phone lines are open for you. 803 550 1888 550 Anything in the world of motorsports uh, going on that you want to talk about? Feel free to chime in your thought to the start of the NASCAR season. Uh, how about the struggles for the Chevrolet camp so far, uh, minus the win by Austin Dillon at Daytona, but just the uh, lackluster performance, especially last week at Atlanta for the Chevys, especially the Hendrick cars here struggling out of the gate. Jimmy Johnson struggling with back-to-back crashes here in the first two races of the season. Uh, anything else? Uh, the surprise performance maybe by the Ford so far here in 2018 you want to talk about. Uh, phone lines are open for you again, 803-0550-1888. 550 to 550 and we're on twitter of course you can tweet us at fast track 550 and we're on facebook too, facebook.com slash wgr fast track for the race today it is uh, all fords at the front of the field as ryan blaney gets the third career pull your uh, driver that currently sits second in the nascar uh, cup series point standings young ryan blaney uh, in the 12 car for penske racing of course this year i love the paint scheme he's got today by the way the Almost like a neon yellow with white and silver, uh, with the the number twelve and a big Pennzoil logo on the hood. That car looks sharp today with the the Menards on the side. Uh, if you didn't see it, actually, I tweeted it out this morning when we were when I was uh, promoting the show on Twitter. But I like the look of Blaney's car today, and uh, he is on the pole for the third time in his career as uh, he is off to a great start so far here in 2018. Kevin Harvick, of course, got the win last weekend in Atlanta, and Harv uh, just dominated the weekend down there in the ATL, winning uh, both Xfinity and Cup Series races last week. He is a monster, of course, on the mile-and-a-half tracks, and he will start outside of that front row. His teammate, Kurt Busch, will be inside of row number two, so Fords take the top three spots. Then it's your defending series champion, Martin Truex. He rolls off fourth today. No surprise there. Truex always so good on the mile-and-a-half track. So is Kyle Larson. He starts fifth. Same story with Chase Elliott leading the Hendrick con- Contingent from sixth today. Then you got a couple more Fords in row four, Stenhouse and Keselowski. And then you got the Toyota of Eric Jones and points leader Joey Logano, who is uh, looking to uh, get his first win since the almost a year now, since uh, the spring of last year. He starts tenth today. Other notable names in the lineup. Row seven features Kyle Bush and Jimmy Johnson. Uh, William Byron rolls off 17th today, Denny Hamlin in 19th, and uh, Ryan Newman started in the front row last week at uh, Atlanta, but a different mile-and-a-half track this week, Newman not so well in qualifying, he'll start 25th today, Bubba Wallace starts 26th, and that kind of does it for uh, notable names in the starting lineup for today's uh, Pennzoil 400 there at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and uh, again, race number three, I, it's... It, I was just driving over this. Couldn't believe we're already three races. We're already on to race three of the season. It feels like we're just gearing up for Daytona. But quickly, these uh, Sundays are rolling off very quickly. But two couple of races in, and obviously it's just two weeks. It's not you know it's still a long way to go. But you do get a few interesting things to look at through the first two races. Again, I'm impressed with the the Fords. uh, You know. You thought the Toyotas were going to dominate last week at Atlanta with a mile and a half track, but it was the Fords up front with uh, Harvick winning the race. The Penske cars, of course, running up front last week too, and uh, they are, are, are really off to a good start. I'm glad to see. I was uh, I like the the parity between the manufacturers, uh, the, the dominance by Toyota, which it's great to see. You know, drivers like Martin Truex do well, but it's you, you, I'm not a fan of of seeing one manufacturer at least on the surface, look like they have some kind of advantage. So it's good to see Ford competing well. And, uh, again, they took the top three spots last weekend and took uh, four out of the top six last week with Harvick, Keselowski, Boyer finishing in the top three. Then you had Hamlin and Truex, the Toyotas, and then Logano back there in six. But it was really uh, the, the Chevy struggled last week at Atlanta. You had Larson and Elliott there rounding out the top ten, And then, you, but then you got to go back to Austin Dillon, 14th, and then Byron, McMurray, uh, and then Kane and you had a couple other guys right there around 19th to 20th, but really the Chevys, I mean, you look at the, the back half of the field and there's a lot more Chevrolets in the back half of the finishers last week than the front half. And, uh, it's, uh, obviously again, two weeks in, but something that people have taken note of this week, especially the Hendrick cars, uh, you know, with, with their young contingent of drivers, plus Jimmy Johnson's bad luck so far this year. And, uh, you know the the whenever the forty eight goes on a long stretch when he doesn't perform well, he starts to get people talking. And believe it or not, this is the longest winless stretch of Jimmy Johnson's Cup Series career. He's on a twenty five race winless streak, which is uh, the longest since he's come into the Cup Series back in two thousand and two. Which is pretty amazing that, uh, that that it's taken this long for Jimmy to have that. But even in his first season. Uh, Driving for Hendrick in 2002, he came out of the box and started winning races early on in the season. So uh, he is off to a a slow start here with these two crashes, and uh, he's also gone uh, nine races without a top five, but we'll see if uh, they can turn it around today starting 14th. I mean, maybe... Maybe they're they're not getting the, the good information from the twenty-four and the eighty-eight cars like they would when Dale Jr. and either Chase Elliott or Jeff Gordon were in the twenty-four cars instead of uh Bowman and William Byron, although Bowman's you know been a simulator driver for the last couple of years, so I'm sure he's good at, at gathering data for them, but uh you wonder if uh they're maybe spread too thin here. Uh, early on in the season, just uh, trying to get the, their new drivers uh, on the same page. I mean, Byron is a pure rookie. Bowen isn't a rookie. Some people forget that, but he's got you know a good amount of, of uh, Cup starts under his belt. They're with you know some of the, the you know the BK Racing's of the world. So this is his first major Cup full time Cup ride outside when he filled in the '88. But maybe they're concentrating more on getting those two cars off the ground and running. And, uh, also the 48 team, uh, losing a, a big piece of their, uh, team last year with, or coming into this year with Ron Malik, who was, uh, Jimmy's longtime car chief. Uh, also, uh, not coming back this year as well, too. So, but I mean, still got Chad and Jimmy there. And, and whenever they put their heads together, they can go, you know, they're always going to be ones to watch, but, uh, still something to, to keep an eye on here early on in the season with the, uh, the 48 car just struggling a little bit out of the box. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you why, I was watching the, the truck race Friday night, and uh, first off, Stuart Friesen, what a phenomenal job uh, winning a stage. Uh, how about the, the three-wide pass he made on, uh, I think it was Grant Enfinger and Kyle Busch, the amazing three-wide pass to the lead, and then fending off Kyle Busch to uh, take the second stage. Didn't get the win. He had a shot to win uh, on Friday night, but uh, had to settle for fifth while Kyle Busch picked up his 50th career truck series win. But the racing by the trucks there on, on at Vegas on Friday night, I mean, I wish cup races looked like that on a, a mile-and-a-half track. A lot of passing, uh, and not just off a of restart, too. It went on. It, they they did eventually get single-filed, but you still had a good battle between two cars. It wasn't just the leader pulling away in clean air. But what an uh, amazing stuff from the trucks Friday night, and I wish the the cup cars could race like that in a mile and a half track like the trucks were with with so much passing so much side by side racing and that aero advantage wasn't as obvious i guess as it is at times, especially with the cup cars, of the mile and a half. But it was a very entertaining truck race on Friday night. I didn't get to see uh, the Xfinity Series race yesterday that Kyle Larson won. So I can't compare it to that. I, I apologize, but didn't wasn't able to catch the Xfinity Series race yesterday. But uh, I thought the trucks put on a heck of a show uh, Friday night there on the mile and a half. And uh, that's new for the trucks, of course, this year. Going to Vegas early on in the season. Uh, as as Las Vegas continues to be an important market for NASCAR and now that they've got two cup weekends, uh, that of course new this year, they will kick off the playoffs in September. Chicago has their date moved back into the summer and Vegas grabbed a date from New Hampshire as allowed now only has one cup weekend. So Vegas gets two. Their second will kick off the playoffs and they're the only track that gets two, uh, triple header weekends when you've got Trucks Friday, Xfinity Saturday and, um, uh, and the cup cars on Sunday, of course. Uh, so that's the, the Vegas continues to be a big market for NASCAR. And they, of course, they do the banquet in December, but that, that may come to an end now that they've got two cup weekends. They don't want to over, maybe oversaturate. Maybe they move the banquet back to the Charlotte market. But they, but right now they've got three weekends of, of NAS, where the NASCAR world converges on them. And of course, you know, Vegas for obvious reasons for the tourist attraction that it is. But, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, in Vegas this week. Uh, of course, they had a big UFC fight last night. Of course, the gold, uh, Golden Knights. They thi- oh, they have a big rugby tournament. So they had this big uh, party, uh, kind of, they called it a, a pep rally uh, earlier in the week, and they did it over by T Mobile Arena where the Golden Knights play. But they had a big, like, kind of sports pep rally uh, involving NASCAR, the Golden Knights, the uh, UFC, and the rugby tournament that was going on in there. So uh, Vegas as a sports market increasing, and obviously they still have got the Raiders that are going to be moving in in the near future, too. But they continue to be a big draw for NASCAR and a very important market for NASCAR, and with the addition of the second date, second weekend, we'll see if that stretches things out or if it's just a chance to bring in more tourists in different times of the year. Uh, This weekend... On track will be a lot different, though, than the race in September. Today, it's going to be almost chilly in Vegas. Uh, highs only in the fifties. It's been very windy this weekend. So you're going to see a much different race than we're going to see when the playoffs start in September, when it'll probably still be very hot in Vegas. You know, it could, it could be well into the nineties for that race when they kick off the playoffs. But, uh, today's race, uh, I don't think uh, handling will be a factor, but certainly there'll be a lot of speed out of these cars with the cooler temperatures. Um, Uh, with the the Vegas uh, being much cooler today and with the the wind and everything and saw um, uh, in practice earlier this weekend. We're hoping to get Nate Ryan here on the line here. Oh, we do have Nate? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Sorry, Derek, I didn't know you had him on the hotline. Let's go to the hotline and bring in from NBC Sports. Nate Ryan is on the line. Nate, it's uh, Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Uh, Great to talk to you again.
3: Uh, Pleasure to be here, Dave. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, first off, are you? did you make the trip to Vegas? I didn't pick up on that.
3: I... Uh, no, sir, I'm not uh, in Las Vegas. I, I uh, usually uh, backload my schedule
2: toward uh, the NBC part
3: of the season, so I will hopefully, uh, almost assuredly be there uh, when NASCAR makes its second trip there for the first time in september but not there this week
2: okay i wanted i, I was i ho- wasn't hoping i had to make you get up early to uh, join us here this morning <laughs> uh but yeah let's start with that i was talking about that right before we had you on the two cup weekends for vegas this year and uh it is a, a very important market to nascar nate and, and they are getting rewarded with that that second date to, to kick off the playoffs uh what do you think about uh where vegas stands in the nascar world
3: Yeah, certainly it's gained in stature, Dave, uh, this season and a lot of that is due to the city of Las Vegas.
2: Mm. Uh the
3: convention and tourism bureau ponied up a lot of money to Speedway Motorsports and Las Vegas Motor Speedway to help make that happen. They've really poured a lot of money into the the race entitlement and the promotion around now what is two events annually in the Cup series in Las Vegas. So yeah, you've got the, the weekend uh now and then you've got the one in September that of course is gonna open the playoffs and I think it'll be interesting to see Dave, how, the, um, how the market reacts to that and, and how that uh, impacts the complexion of the championship race. I think that NASCAR thought that Chicago, when they moved the playoff opener from New Hampshire to Chicago in 2011, I think they were hoping – that that event would have gained more traction, but for mm-hmm. whatever reason, it just never did. I, you know, I think a lot of that is due to the fact there's so much other, there's so many other things going on in Chicago yeah. in September, whether it be pennant races or, or football. So, uh, I, and you know, I, I think generally when you look at the track, I mean, certainly the racing at, at Vegas has been pretty good the last couple of days in the Truck and Xfinity series. So we'll see how it goes today, but I think uh, overall, it looks like it should be a good move for Cup.
2: Two, just two races in here, Nate. Is there any way, you, anything you've been able to take away from these first two races that uh, a storyline that we might be following later on this year?
3: I, I think that today will be the the big test, Dave. This will okay. be the true barometer that tells us about like you know where things stand uh, for the Cup Series. There's been you know tons of stats and nuggets this week about how the finishing order of this race really is indicative of, of who the championship contenders are. And I can't remember the exact stat, but the, the winner of this race, I think like five of the last 10 years has, um, finished in the top five in points, something like that. Um, you know, Fords obviously were very strong in Atlanta and they look strong in qualifying on Friday. Uh, and a lot of people, I think, are, are surprised by that because. There was a lot of chatter over the off-season that Chevrolet's new Camaro would come Mm -hmm. in with a lot more downforce and would come with an edge. But I would say like two things to that. One would be, if you look at how Ford's performed in Atlanta last year, they led 313 of 325 laps. Uh, Brad Kuzlowski won the race, and then Ford didn't win another mile-and-a-half race until (laughs) race number 34 in November. (laughs) So I think Atlanta Motor Speedway uh, is a little bit of fool's gold. I know a lot of people talk about Daytona really – uh, being not a great indicator, sure. but I don't know if Atlanta really is either as the second race of the season. And then the other thing I'd say is that, you know, if you look at last year, how the Camry performed over the first five or ten races, I mean, Martin Trex Jr. was great, mm-hmm. but it took a little while I think for the Gibbs cars to figure out how to get the Camry handling to their liking. And certainly the last two-thirds of the 2017 season, that model was, I would say, at optimum speed and handling. And I think we're going to see that from the Camaro, but I don't think we're seeing that yet, except in the case of Kyle Larson so much like Truex being sort of like first in class among the Camrys Mm -hmm. sweeping both stages Las Vegas last year I think you could see something like that today I think you could see Kyle Larson go out there and maybe run away from the field based on the way he's run so far this weekend Xfinity and, and cup practices and winning the Xfinity race yesterday I think you could see him do well really well today and maybe the other Chevrolets from say Hendrick maybe not doing as well
2: yeah, the Hendrick Motorsports—I uh, guess you could call struggles here—just out of the box again. Like you said, it's only two races, and, and we still haven't gotten a true barometer what the season's going to be. But uh, a lot of people are talking about the the performance of the 400 cars, Jimmy's you know bad luck in the first two races. Uh, do you? Do, I, I'm sure we'll we'll get a better answer today. But is there any concern on the the young guns over there at Hendrick Motorsports and how they're going to perform this year?
3: I don't think there's any concern yet, Dave. But I did ask. Uh, Chase Chase Elliott about this last week at Mm. Atlanta about, you know, when would it be time for Hendrick Motorsports to make a true evaluation and if necessary, possibly hit the panic button. And Chase made a really good point that probably not until like the break after Martinsville, Mm -hmm. probably until not five or six races in the season, because even if Hendrick found something this weekend that they want to fix on their cars, because of the way the schedule is laid out with these three races in the West in a row, it would be really hard for Hendrick to make a change on a car and have it ready for, say, Phoenix or even for Fontana because so much of their cars are being prepared ahead of time and mm. have to be on trucks heading out uh, to the West Coast. You know, if they would have found something in Atlanta, it would have been very hard to implement something major for Las Vegas just because logistics preclude it. So uh, I think that there are still a lot of questions, and based on practice and qualifying so far at Vegas, um, uh, I don't think they've really been answered for Hendrick. You know, they went through an off season restructuring in their competition department. Uh, they're building cars a completely different way than they have in the past. It might take a little while for results to come, but I'm I'm sure there's some anxiousness on that team's part about when are we gonna start seeing those results and so far three races in, I don't know if it's really evident yet.
2: Uh, going back to the Fords, Nate, there was an interesting quote this week from Kevin Harvick. I think it was on his uh, satellite radio show, but kind of commenting on how the Stuart Haas is getting better data out of the 10 car this year with Eric Almarola behind the wheel and uh, obviously didn't name drop the uh, the former driver of the 10 car, but it was very telling quote from Harvick. But I think uh, that might be one of the things Ford has going for it this year is, A, better data uh, from the 10 car, and B, I think... Even though he drove a Ford last year for the Wood Brothers, Blaney with with Penske this year, I think, has got to be a big boost for the Blue Oval group as well, too.
3: Yeah, I, I think both of those things are, are true, Dave. And uh, you're right. I mean, Harvick didn't call Danica Patrick out by name, but that's not the first time now this year that we've seen uh, some. I don't want to say like bitterness. I, I think there's bitterness on on Danica's part a little bit about the way things ended. I don't think like. She certainly dropped a lot of hints in the last few months that I don't think she felt as if she was fully supported by that team. And mm. now we've seen a little bit of, of the sniping, I think, coming the other way. Again, not really forceful like name-calling, mm. but uh, there's no other re- way to read that Kevin Harvick quote other than Danica Patrick hindered us <laughs> um, <laughs> as a four-car team the last couple of years. And, and Tony Stewart told Bob Pachris of ESPN.com uh, at Daytona that you know, he, you know, he took issue with Danica's Comments that he felt that, that she felt as if she didn't have full buy-in from the team. I mean, he made a point of telling Bob Smokevid that Stuart haas Racing did everything they could, mm-hmm. including making crew chief changes when she demanded it, to try to improve her performance. So, yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, now that the relationship has ended, I, I think we're seeing a little bit more of uh, some ill <laughs> will coming out about maybe what was actually going on behind those walls.
2: The the bridges aren't burnt, but you may smell smoke. Basically.
3: Yeah, yeah, smoking the literal and
2: figurative sense, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nate, we're uh, running out of time here, but real quick, uh, your podcast with Jeff Gordon this week, uh, hey, just love listening to your podcast in general, and but uh, great stuff from Jeff uh, on the sport and, and his career and everything, and, and uh, just w- what, a, what a great addition. Not that we d- don't want him on the racetrack, but he's so great on Fox, and, and uh, you could just listen to him talk a- about the sport for, for hours because he's a wealth of information and a wealth of talent.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that plug, Dave, and encourage everybody to check out NASCAR and NBC Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Google Play, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts, you can find it. And, uh yeah, I was really happy with the way that episode turned out. I said this at the end of the episode. Uh, Jeff is the consummate professional, always accommodating, and just always a great interview. Beyond being available and accessible, he gives great answers. Mm-hmm. And uh I think he does a great job on the TV side. But, you know, talking about, as we did Hendrick earlier, I think it bears watching – um you know what his future might hold as far as Hendrick Motorsports. I think uh, if he were to elect to go away from the TV side mm-hmm. eventually, I think you could see him taking an even increased role in the competition of Hendrick.
2: And it got me to go back and and listen to the one you did with Andy Gray's from Toyota, uh, because of the the great stories of them <laughs> g- getting into the sport. I wasn't up on those stories as much as some people, and uh, their their relationship early on and how they kind of broke into the business together. And also for the the tie-ins to Super Modified racing. Uh, Andy's dad, of course, we're not far from the Oswego Speedway. Speedway. Right. I've been there tons of times, um, and, and just a yeah. great tie-in there too. So it was fun listening to the stories from both sides about how they got into the sport and uh, and their relationship, how they were intertwined and how Andy kind of led uh, Jeff to come to Hendrick in the early nineties.
3: Yeah. And like a lot of things in racing, Dave, a lot of it was just pure happenstance that Andy's consulting for who's your tire. And he goes to a a midget race or sprint car race or whatever it was. and It's paired with Jeff Gordon because that's where they were putting in. And that led to this fruitful career. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of listeners probably in your area who know Oswego and know the upstate New York racing scene would enjoy the Andy Graves podcast as
2: well. Yes, go back and list that. Uh, Besides the podcast, Nate, what is uh, coming up from uh, you and your colleagues over there at NBC this week?
3: Uh, You know, we'll have our regular uh, NBCSports.com slash NASCAR coverage, Dave, of today's race at Las Vegas, and then uh, NASCAR America this week. uh, Chris Davota, Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett, uh, NBCSN daily at 5 p.m., um, check out uh, uh, the daily show there.
2: Very good. Nate, happy belated birthday, and thank you for the time this morning. Hopefully we'll talk again soon.
3: Yeah, I hope so, Dave. Thanks for having me. appreciate uh,
2: it. Take care. Nate Ryan from NBC Sports. You can follow him at Twitter, uh, at Nate Ryan. And, yes, find his podcast, uh, listen to the Jeff Gordon one. Uh, go back and listen to any of them, really. They're all phenomenal. But uh, if you're a fan of super modified racing and, and you know about Andy's data. uh, I it's Fred Graves I, I I always get that wrong I'm pretty sure it's Fred Graves I apologize um, but uh how he how he was building race cars and working in his dad's shop as a teenager and, and then getting hooked up with Irish Sanders, uh, Saunders over at Hoosier Tire, and that led him to working with Jeff Gordon. Really cool stuff. So listen to both those podcasts if you're, you're into to learning about just the history of racing and how guys got into sports. Very fun listen. All right, when we get back, we'll uh, take some of your phone calls, and also we'll get Michael Printup from Watkins Glen International on board here in a few minutes. Talk a little bit about the Glen's big season coming up. That and more on Fast Track here on WGR. 1133 here on WGR, Sports Radio 550, Dave Buchanan, and WGR's Fast Track. One interesting little stat about Kevin Harvick. He's now a win away from 100 career uh, NASCAR National Series wins. That is uh, Cups, Truck, and Xfinity combined. So he's at 99 after his two wins last weekend at Atlanta. So that would put him in the 100-win club. Only three other drivers have surpassed 100 in the uh, all three national series combined. Of course, Richard Petty's 200 wins in the Cup Series. David Pearson, who's at 104 who, at 104 Cup Series wins. Then you've got Kyle Busch, who's got well over, I think it's like 184 in the three series combined, including Friday night he picked up his 50th career win in the Truck Series, and now he's two away from breaking the all-time uh, Truck Series win record held by Ron Hornaday. And then now Harvick sitting on 99 with uh, Cup Xfinity and Truck uh yeah, Cup, spending and Truck combined. It's a pretty cool stat. Obviously, different generations when you compare the Petty Pearson versus Bush Harvick, but I think... It- Stats are fun and it's it's still a nice accomplishment when it gets to 100 and really looking forward to the day to see Kyle getting all uh, 200 career national event series wins and just watching people flip out when they try and compare to Richard Petty. It'll just be funny to watch. (laughs) Let's go to the hotline and bring in from Watkins Glen International, the president, one of our favorites here on the program. Michael Printup is back with us. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Mr. B. How are you today? Doing well, sir. Uh, happy NASCAR season once again. Back at it. Uh, Speed Weeks was a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm assuming you were down there for some of the fun, and it was another great start to the season for the folks down there at Daytona.
1: Yeah, no question about that. We we probably had the best weather I've seen since I've been in this sport. It was 75 to 82 every single day. It was a great, great race, great event. Nice to see Austin uh, bring that win home.
2: Uh, very great start to the weekend and great event for uh, Chip Weil and the folks down there at Daytona, another grandstand sellout. And uh, it has been a, a busy off season to say the least, for you and your staff down there at Watkins Glen. Uh, a lot of big news coming from the Glen, and let's just start with uh, some of the good news. And that is, you've got a title sponsor for your cup event already. Uh, it's going to be the GoBowling.com at the Glen this August, and that's some exciting news for you guys.
1: Yeah, it really is. Go bowling in the team. You know, it's all about the promotion of bowling. And as you know, in our hometown of Buffalo, or my hometown, our hometown, uh, you know how popular bowling is, and mm-hmm. it's the marketing arm. Uh, they've been making their rounds. They were with our racetrack in Kansas uh, uh, last year, so we were able to pick them up for the next two years. Just an awesome team of people, and you know what? What? What's how synonymous it is with uh, bowling and NASCAR and racing as a whole. Uh, and we're lucky to be partnered with Go Bowling.
2: And I know one of the neat activations they do at some of the other events like at Kansas is they set up a, a bowling alley right there in the midway, don't they?
1: Yeah, they're going to be bringing in, I think it's three lanes they bring in, and uh, they'll be bringing it right in on the uh, right dead center, like you said, in the midway. So uh, I saw it in Kansas a couple of years ago. That's when we started the conversation with them and. Uh, we look forward to doing some bowling in the middle of August, right at the racetrack.
2: And that kind of fills the void. I know last year when uh, Kellogg's and Cheez Its pulled out, you guys were scrambling to find a, a title sponsor. Last year, you wound, wound up calling the event I, the "I Love New York" 355, and that went off well. But obviously, go having this—you know—you don't have to worry now about having to, to find that sponsor like you did last year. I'm sure that's just one thing you can check off the list and be relieved about.
1: Yeah, no question about that. That's always a pretty big uh, void to fill. And like you said, we started talking to Gold Bowling I think literally two years ago. In 2016, we started talking to them and and just started uh, seeing what we could pull together. So, yeah, it it helps fill. And now we can uh, continue, uh, obviously, the normal scheme of business, which is uh, just keep selling tickets and go for our fourth in a row sellout for NASCAR. So we look forward to, uh, obviously, a bright, sunny summer. Uh,
2: here in <laughs> yeah, we could use it after last summer. Uh, one other big change to your schedule this year is, is after two seasons, the IndyCar series won't be returning to Watkins Glen. Uh, the I thought I was there for both events. The first year was great, great weather, great walk-up. And then last year, I think I said to you, I felt like I was walking to a Bills tailgate with the weather that it was. Um, what what happened there between you and IndyCar, and, and what led the decision of not them not returning in 2018?
1: Yeah, we, you know, we had a three-year deal and with us and IndyCar and Jay Fry, the president, and, uh, we just sat down after last year and, you know, Labor Day was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the weather uh, was killing us last year. Yeah. And it just wasn't a good show. I mean, and Jay Fry and myself and our team, we, we, you know, we put, only put on the best. So Jay asked, um, you know, why don't we consider, you know, uh, getting out of next year, meaning 2018. Um, he asked, and I said, you know what, let's sit down and talk about it. We did. We came to a resolution to uh, terminate our contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay and his group were just super people, and we just uh, kind of stood up at the table, shook hands, and uh, we still stay in touch. We still chide each other on social networking. and mm-hmm. um, But that's the type of guy he is, is to have some fun. And we promised that we'd get back together in 2019 and start talking about the future because it's all about dates. Mm-hmm. Um, date equity is something that we need to rearrange and get it off that Labor Day would obviously only be, would be the only way we would bring, come back. But it, it's too bad. I mean, IndyCar belongs on that racetrack. They're, they're the fastest, most high performance vehicle that can get on there. The talent is bar none. Uh, you know that I'm, I'm personally just a huge fan of open wheel yeah. racing. So, um, we'll, we'll move on. And like I said, Jay and the team are awesome. And, um, it's not like, uh, uh, it, it's not like we walked away, uh, not being friends. We walked away being just as strong friends as, uh, as how uh, we started.
2: When you say uh, talking to them about twenty nineteen is that is it, what is that like a fifty fifty deal or is it you know, or is it i don't know what kind of a chance will it be for them to come back in twenty nineteen
1: yeah no we wanted to start uh, because they have long term schedule um um commitments we wanted to start talking in nineteen
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then hopefully looking at maybe twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one gotcha um because of their schedule commitments, so that's that's what we have to get around day and I tried really hard to move it 18 mm-hmm. uh, but between the two of us um, our schedule with our other racing and his schedule is across the board yeah we just couldn't find a date that worked for either one of us so that's why we say we'll go 2020 2021 uh, but start talking to 19 it usually takes a year or so to work out these things
2: yeah I understand I, yeah I was looking after you guys made the announcement and the talk about possibly switching weekends I was kind of comparing their schedule and your schedule and really there's only like Three or four weekends where you guys both had an opening, and but one of them was like the weekend before or after the cup race, which I which obviously you wouldn't book. So yeah, you guys didn't have a lot of options to move it around. It it was pretty obvious.
1: No, they didn't, and they, you know, they even threw out could we join IMSA, which we didn't think that'd be good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, just we want a, a product like IndyCar. It's too it's too well known, and mm-hmm. it has the same um, scenario. We didn't want to merge two grades to be on one weekend. So, you know, like I said, we we'll, we'll move on.
2: Uh some other big news uh coming up. You guys just made a big announcement this weekend actually, uh, this past week and you've got a concert coming back to Watkin's Glen. I know there's been some memorable concerts back in the day at Watkin's Glen, but uh you've got a p- pretty big one coming this August.
1: Yeah, for the third time we're going to host uh, Fish and uh they're bringing back their festival. Now they they only do festivals every 3 to 4 years. Uh this will be their 11th festival since they've joined as a group. It's 34, 35 years they've been together, 32 years, somewhere around there, uh, that they've been together. And we've hosted, uh, after 2018, we'll we'll have hosted three of the 11 uh, festivals. So it's all fish. They perform somewhere between seven and nine shows. Uh, We've been working on that for about a year and a half uh, to get them secured and get them back in. And like you said, they made an announcement Monday. Uh, they called me yesterday. Uh, I was hanging out yesterday. the VP of fish called and said they because they just went on sale Friday and they had a record sale day on Friday. so they sell their own tickets. we don't uh, mm-hmm. we don't sell them. We sell all the races, but we don't sell that one and uh, they said they had a record sale day so it was good to good to hear the good news coming out of the fish camp
2: and that'll be August seventeenth through the nineteenth over there at Watkins Glen. The event is called a uh, curveball featuring uh the band fish so uh that's is that just is that a like uh, without getting too much into the details you just kind of lease it to, to those folks and they run everything or because or, they, they you said they sell the tickets Is that pretty much you just kind of open the gates for them or how much are you involved with that event
1: yeah exactly i mean me and the, obviously the senior management are involved in the in the process but yeah we it's a, it's it's uh a, they lease the property from us for the weekend we, mm-hmm. we just ensure the integrity of um obviously all of our systems meaning utilities and uh make sure everything's up and running for them so we we uh, we'll kind of standby assistance for them, but yeah. they do a great job, and we've done it twice before. So this is, they like said, this is the third time. We're excited to have fish back.
2: Michael Printup from Watkins Glen International joining us here in WGR's Fast Track. Well, Michael, the one thing that I've been dying to talk to you about since you guys made the announcement in late January, it's gotten a lot of buzz on social media. But tell us about glamping during NASCAR weekend at Watkins Glen. What is glamping? <laughs>
1: It's it's awesome. You know, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm walking around Daytona 500, um, obviously a couple of weeks ago and I bump into Clint Boyer and he just looks and snaps his head and he's like, how the heck is that glamping going? <laughs> a couple of words in there, but he said, man, that was, that, that's awesome, man. Like all of us are talking about that. And I'm like, I told him I, I said, I'd save him one. We're, we're going to set up an area behind turn 11, uh, which is the right near the Bodine grandstand. Uh-huh. And, um, in the Arget Singer Grandstand. So, and it's in those big, tall pines. We're going to fence it off, scrim it off, so it'll be a private area. Mm. We're going to put uh, 30, 40 of these very uh, elaborate tent systems. Um, and then they come, you know, they have beds in them that you can choose whether you want queens or doubles, so you can put more people in them. Um, it includes race tickets, and it includes a lot more, which we're not going to tell everybody yet. Okay. Uh, but there'll be some common area. There'll be some fires. There'll so, um, rumor is, will be some drivers that come over at night. <laughs> uh, um, you know, we only rumor, Dave. Only rumor. Sure. Um, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun with this. So it's just all you got to do is bring your pillow and your sleeping bag, and you're gonna be set up and ready to rock and roll for the weekend. And we'll provide the fire pits and the lounge chairs and the comfy couches and. Uh, the Lazy Boys, We're I mean, we're really going to do it up in there. So it's really just a good small private area. I think we're only doing about 30, 35 uh, tents this year. Mm-hmm. They're big tents. It's not like what you see, and the cots are off the ground. And and like I said, just makes it easy to drive in, get your tickets, and then uh, at least tickets are included in the price. and Just have a good time. It's five nights, so you come in Wednesday, and you leave on Monday. You don't got to pack. You don't got to set up. You just throw your sleeping bag and your cooler back in your car and Zip on down the road, it's all set up for you.
2: It seems like that's how I would want to camp out at the races, Michael, because as I like to say, for me, roughing it is standard deaf television. I'm not much of a camper. So uh, glamping sounds interesting, uh, and uh, those are uh, uh, on sale right now, Michael?
1: Yes, sir. They're they're on sale for the Wine Fest and NASCAR only. We're not doing them for IMSA yet, uh. um, but we've almost sold out for Wine Fest, uh, which is obviously in the middle of July, but NASCAR has a... Uh, a little bit to go. I think we're a little bit more than halfway on NASCAR, which we expect to sell out. And Again, we want to just educate everybody, get them going. Uh, we've had some of the tents there on display last summer just to show the fans. So it, it's going to be fun. And Dale Jr., even, he, he tweeted about it. Yeah. A couple other, Brad Keselowski did. So we got some pretty good attention with that
2: Uh, speaking of dale jr last thing here michael um obviously he'll be he'll be out walking Glen, but he'll be working for nbc uh he won't be driving for the first time in quite some time is is that how much do you think that will impact ticket sales for you this year with the this first year with dale jr as a broadcaster instead of a driver
1: you know i just dale being a supporter obviously and i mean as an owner um and now being in the broadcast booth. I mean, he did a wonderful job in the past when he jumped in and out. I think it's going to be great for us. Um, you know, Dale Dale has uh, really become a lock of the gun lover over the last couple of years. Sure. I think when he realized that uh, he wasn't a huge wheel man on the road track, he'll be the first one to admit it, but uh, road courses, I mean. But uh, I, it's something that Dale, um, he loves this area. I know he does. I hope um, hopefully, hope he's up to the – To the trip, but I think Dale will do wonderful in there. Ticket sales, uh, I I think they're already way ahead of last year already. So maybe we'll give the credit to Dale. Mm -hmm. Um, We're about two thousand tickets ahead of schedule from last year. So say we look forward to our our next sellout already. We're getting pretty darn close already. So they will just add to
2: the excitement. Excellent. That's great to hear, Michael, that uh, you guys are ahead on ticket sales. And, and, and you know what? As I always say, the one of the great aspects about the Glen event is I think the camping and the party aspect is such a great draw. While the if people love to come to watch the races, they also like to come and have a good time, and Watkins Glen is one of the best places on the circuit to do that. Uh, Michael, thank you for the time. I'm sure we'll talk again soon before the Salem six hours. And, oh, a real quick, opening weekend next month. Uh, folks can come drive their cars on the track next month. Month to kick off the season at Watkins Glen, right?
1: Yeah, we always do that. That's a, that's obviously our big opening, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, the best thing about it this year is, real quickly, is that we're um, we're going to buy a fifty thousand dollar wheelchair for a, a young man that lives up in Syracuse. Um, Zippy Greg Zippadelli introduced us to him years and years ago. He and his family have been parts of a part of every race weekend since then. Uh, the kid's getting bigger and older. He's seventeen. He graduates high school this year um and we look forward to it he needs a new wheelchair that's the only way he can get about and um, so all the funds that we raised this year are buying him a new wheelchair so they're pretty expensive like i said it's just under fifty thousand dollars but uh, we know that between us and some of our fans we'll raise that money and get that boy a new chair
2: that is uh opening weekend april 14th and 15th at the Glen. you can drive your personal vehicle on the racetrack there for a donation to charity michael thanks for the time um Uh, Last thing, Tim Packman, and I want to say thank you very much for helping bring Global Rallycross to Lancaster Speedway. Thank you for the connection there, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. You got it, Dave. Thanks a lot. All right. Michael Printup from Watkins Glen International and uh, theglen.com for more information about all their events and uh, lots of exciting stuff over there at The Glen. Glad they're uh, doing well on ticket sales and uh, all the other fun amenities that they have at The Glen. All right, when we get back, we'll uh, wrap up this edition of Fast Track. Still time for some of your phone calls, 803-0551, 888-552-550. We get back here on WGR. 1154 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. debut canon, wrapping up this ed- edition of WGR's Fast Track. Don't forget, we will have live flag-to-fly coverage of today's Pennsylvania 400 from the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Coverage coming up at 2.30 this afternoon, courtesy of the Performance Racing Network. And uh, Green Flag just after 3.45 this afternoon. Uh, by the way, last week, totally... Shocked! NASCAR got the race in Atlanta. We, t- we were talking about the weather last Sunday, and would they have to race Monday or Tuesday even? And they they got a window. I think the race started about three forty-five Eastern a week ago, and they got it in, got it done, and and got the whole thing in. Didn't have to worry about cutting it short or moving anything to Monday. So, uh, huge, uh, for them that they a got the window and b uh, the Air Titans once again uh, doing their work for them as well too. Uh, at that rough racetrack at Atlanta, it just it looks almost like they're racing on gravel when they show the up close shots of the pavement. And uh, but they're still not sure if they're going to repave it or let it go for another year there at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, today is uh, the, of course the Oscars are on tonight. So speaking of awards, um, I'm nominated for an award and you can vote on it over at speed51.com. Uh, by the way, great website for coverage of short track racing around the country, including here in the Northeast. But they have a little uh, online voting awards thing and. It's called The 51s, and if you go on their website, you can find the banner to click on the 2017 Speed 51 Awards. I am nominated for Short Track Announcer of the Year, so I would appreciate your votes. Today is the last day of voting, so uh, I'm vote I'm up for Announcer of the Year. Uh, Tim Packman from Lancaster Speedway and Joe Skynicki from the Race of Champions are both up for Promoter of the Year. Uh, George Scora is up for Short Track Bad Boy. Uh, he, Tommy Catalano, and Tyler Ripkema are up for Most Improved Driver. Uh, Matt Hirschman is up for uh, Short Track Driver of the Year. Andy Jankowiak up for Best Social Media. So if you got a moment today, head over to Speed51.com and vote for uh, myself and also a number of the people that are uh, connected to local racing. Also, uh, Lake Erie Speedway is up for Best Racing Destination. I think that's a really cool one they came up with uh, for, for hosting the Race of Champions. And also the Race of Champions weekend itself is up for Best uh, Event. As well, too. So be sure to to check all that out over at speed51.com and we appreciate your votes. I know it's a big popularity contest, but I think it's still be cool to win. I finished third last year, second or third last year in voting. So I, I just want to if I get it once, then I'll, I'll never, never ask again. <laughs> uh, but uh, would appreciate your votes. Uh, IndyCar starts up next weekend. They kick off their season. At uh, Saint Petersburg, and they're looking pretty good this year. The the sport is very healthy. They've got a lot of full time teams signed up for this year, and they've and also some part time teams. But uh, driver wise, the sport looking really healthy. They've got the new uh, cars rolling out this year. The new chassis look phenomenal. So I think IndyCar has uh, got a lot a lot of momentum going forward, going into this season um, with uh, just the enthusiasm and behind the sport and uh, just the involvement, everything numbers are up. So uh, obviously not on the level of NASCAR attention wise on the national sports landscape, but still things are really healthy. I think in in general, despite them not coming back to the Glen, which is disappointing, but they filled that weekend and I believe they're, uh, I believe they're headed out West. Uh now on that Labor Day weekend I'm going to check that really quick. Let's we'll see how fast I can scroll through their schedule. Yeah, Portland. They're going to be in Portland Labor Day weekend now instead of Watkins Glen. But good to hear Michael Prince up if you didn't catch it. Uh they he will uh, the door is not closed at IndyCar. Uh they're going to talk to them next year. Uh they've got some contracts up with weekends and maybe 2020 or 2021. Uh the IndyCar will come back to the Glen for a, a third time, I believe that'll be the third stint. They had some in the uh late uh, Ots, and then they had the last two years and maybe they'll come back for a third stint. Uh, if, if they get the right weekend, it'll, it could be huge. I mean, the, the first Labor Day weekend, the weather was great. So they had a huge walk up crowd. It you know, wasn't like a NASCAR size crowd, but still a healthy crowd. They were, they were, uh, I talked to folks from the Glen. They were happy with how it went. And then last year was just a, a bust, you know, with it, with like I said, it was like going to a Bills game. It was rainy. It was cold. And uh, it wasn't. It didn't make for a good show, and it obviously not a, as big a turnout. So, if they can find the right weekend, it is difficult because you've got the Glens already got so many events between the Cup weekend and the Salem Six Hours and their big Vintage weekend and the Wine Festival and everything else they do there throughout the year. You know they don't have a lot of openings along with IndyCar, but if they can find the right weekend, I think it would be a big hit, and uh, it's, uh, it's a it's a it's a fun. If you, if you want to go to an event at the Glen, but you don't want to deal with the crowd or spend the money to go to the cup, cup race, go to the Salem Six Hours or when in, if and when IndyCar comes back, go to that because you can get real up close and personal. Uh, every tickets for IndyCar got you into the, the paddock and everything. So you could see everything and, uh, definitely a great fun weekend. Luckily, we still got plenty of options here in Western New York to see IndyCar with Toronto and Pocono and Mid Ohio and even Detroit if you really wanted to. Uh, so many uh, indie car dates are, are not a, are just a few car, a few hours away in a car to go see. So they kick off their season next week at St. Petersburg. We'll talk more about that then. Enjoy the race today. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on
0: WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it.